fact, I want to bring to you just for you to have on your radar because we do believe in investing in the lives of others, okay? So we have camp that's coming up next year. Why are we already thinking about camp when it is in June and July of next year for our kids and our youth? Well, we've started doing some fundraising already to help send our kids to camp because camp is very important. I was called, I was saved at camp. I was called into ministry uh, at camp. And, and some of you have similar stories of how God just did some pretty amazing things in your life. Larry Fox has handcrafted, hand-designed, built, welded, I'm, I'm talking back there with the torch welding, the cart that you'll see on your way out today. That is an industrial cart. That's the official name for it, I guess. Um, he has donated that to the church. And so he said, I want to donate. This is the first one I built. It's my first fruits. And then whatever money is made off of that, I want it to go to send kids to camp. Isn't that just amazing, right? So these carts go anywhere. I mean, if you go online, anywhere from $400 to $900. I mean, I've seen some that have gone that high as well. This is a Larry Fox cart, so it should command well over a billion dollars. Million, we'll go with a million. No, in all seriousness, um, the first week of December, we're going to be auctioning that off for camp. We are going to have a minimum bid. We are starting that out at 300 okay? Now, that's a lot less than what you could get it for in the store, especially if it was handcrafted by Larry Fox. And so, by the way, pray for him. He's down in his back today and not able to be here, but take a good look at it on your way out. Your whole family can stand on that thing, okay? It's, it's, it's very well built. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, make a good Christmas gift. That's all I'm saying. I also want to let you know we participated a week ago, over a week ago, with Love Life Charlotte, where we went and uh, we were praying. Uh, we believe that abortion can end in Charlotte, and that's what we were praying for. Um, and of course, it hasn't. So that's why the churches go out and pray. I have some results for you from that because we took a whole week to, uh, to pray and a day to fast, and then we went down. There were 25 of us that went down last Saturday, and then Dean was not able to go, so he went yesterday and was able to, to participate. He was all by himself representing Abundant Life. Anyway, I got an email from Andre, the guy who was here. Uh, the week that we prayed and fasted, nine families chose life. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. And yes, there were many, many, many more who did abort their babies. But you know what? We're praying for them. We're praying for those ladies. I cannot imagine the decision, uh, what it would come to get to that decision. But we're praying for the ladies. I'm continuing to pray, by the way. This wasn't just a week-long thing for me. We're praying for the abortion workers, for the owners, that they would know Jesus. There is, you know, it's not a sin. It's not a condemnation thing. It's a come to Jesus thing because he loves you. He really does. And uh, it was great. I, I love the organization because there's not shouting and there's not yelling at people and, and throwing condemnation at us. Truly, we love you. So I, I wanted to give you that, uh, those two updates real quick. Um, and thank you to those who came and cleaned yesterday, too. We had our quarterly cleaning. By the way, quarterly cleaning means that we're going to have one next quarter, too. So you can come out and... Uh, yeah, who was that? Go, Christian. You did a great job organizing that, by the way, buddy. Thank you so much for doing that. We tackled things like blinds and windows and the seats. Uh, Miss Beth was here uh, dusting the seats and everything that needed it. Mel and um, Melody, sorry, I call her Mel. Um, and Gail and a couple other people were back in the kitchen getting it organized. So keep the kitchen clean. <laughs> I'm just teasing. That's what we tell our boys all the time. 
Put your cups in the dishwasher, please. Um, we're talking about the one another's. This is the series that we are in right now. This is a study that is based off of Tony Evans' teaching. Um, I want to give credit where credit is due. I'm not one of those guys who go around and uh, steal sermons and pretend like they're mine. Um, but I have taken these, this series that we have... Um, been studying and, and adapted portions of it because, you know, this is Abundant Life. This isn't Tony Evans' church. This is Abundant Life. So adapted it to, um, to our particular study, what we're going through. How did this come about? Well, I went away for a prayer retreat last year and I began saying, God, where do you want to lead our church in 2017? And I strongly felt the Lord say this to me. I want you to take your six core values and I want you to take a sermon series and address each of the core values. In other words, this series is addressing a core value. The core value that is addressing that we hold here at Abundant Life is we love God and we commit to love one another because we're made up of God's, uh, the, we are the body of Christ, you know, and, and like I said, sometimes we have to commit to love one another. When, when the kitchen is nasty after somebody was in there, we, we have to commit to love them, right, Miss Gail? I know you left it a mess or the boys left their bathroom a mess or whatever. We still commit to love uh, one another. That's how we arrived at where we are today. So you've heard this before. Here's, here's what we're going to talk about today. Let me get the right word. Edify one another. That's a, that's a, it's a short word, but it's, it's like a $20 word, isn't it? Edify one another. So maybe it's a $100 word. Now, we've all heard this before. Sticks and stones. Yeah. What? Yes, they do. I can remember as a kid, uh, you know, being in the neighborhood or at school and somebody would say something and, and I would recite that, right? Here's the harsh reality, though. Sometimes other kids would have to recite that because I said something mean to them. Uh, so it kind of goes both ways when, when we talk about this. But yeah, we, 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 we rehearse this. This is a, a coping me mechanism maybe that we have. Uh, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. The reality is words can hurt. And it should not be so in the body of Christ. Hurtful words should not be part of the body of Christ. We are called to edify one another. Why is that? Because it honors the Lord. And so we need to bring all this back to, while we're dealing with the one another's, we've come to this understanding that our relationships with each other, how I deal with you and how you deal with me, it directly affects my relationship to God. Because the Bible says things like this, if you don't love your brother, you can't love God. How can you say you love your brother, uh, God if you don't love your brother? So that's why we're uh, going through this as well. Um, so words do hurt. And this coping mechanism that I was just talking about is just a way of learning maybe to deal with the initial pain, isn't it? You know, as we go through these type of things. But pain does happen within the church. We say things, you know, I've said this before too. Sometimes I wish I had peppermint flavoring on my shoes because I stick my foot in the mouth all the time. Whenever I'll say something that could be hurtful to other people, um, it would be nice to have. But when there's division among God's people, there's a disconnect with God himself. Some of you are just now getting that, the peppermint flavored shoe thing, aren't you? Yeah, it's okay. We are called to edify one another. We build up and we develop one another. 
So we're, we're, how many, we're not all at the same place in our walk with the Lord. Some of us are new Christians. Some of us have been following the Lord for years and years and years and years and years. No matter where you are on your journey with the Lord, maybe you haven't even begun your journey with the Lord yet. We're going to help you do that today too, by the way, to receive Jesus as your Savior. But no matter where you are, we are called to build up and develop one another. Now here's the thing. Miss Ruth has been following Jesus way longer than I have. Miss Beth has been following Jesus longer than I have. Ink has been following Jesus longer than I've been alive. I didn't want to say that about the ladies ink. That was, I almost did, but that would have been bad. That would not be building up, would it? I'm sorry, ink. <laughs> but my job my job as someone who is younger is to build these up in their faith, even though that they are older than me and know more about God than I do. Their job as well is to edify me and build me up. Now, I have been in ministry for over 18 years now. Christian is just now beginning his journey in ministry as an intern at the church. You know what? This is not a one-sided relationship of edification. I build Christian up. Christian builds me up. Isn't it great how that works in the body of Christ no matter where you are? I want to read a few scriptures for you. They're going to be up on the screen, so we're not with the time frame. We're not going to take time to turn to all these places, but if you're taking notes, which by the way, I encourage you to take notes so you can go back this week, just write these down, and, and I'm going to read these to you. Romans 14, 19 says this, So let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. That was Romans 14, 19. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26 says, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen just a couple of you. No, it says all of you, doesn't it? Right. Ephesians 4.16, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love for one another. So if you are a Christian, I'm talking to you this morning, okay? If you are a Christian, you should be known as someone who builds other people up who doesn't tear them down. Now, we all know people who claim to know Jesus, and I'm sure they do. They love God with all their heart, but they're known as people who tear people down with their words. You know, just, just, just tear them down. I know we joke around and things like that, but I'm talking about the serious, just, you know, you should do that. Are you, da, 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 da. you know, sometimes we may even call it a nagging type of thing. Um, but we should be known as people who build each other up. We're going to get into this a little bit deeper here in just a little bit. Point number two, we edify one another by what we say out of our mouths. Now, yes, there are nonverbal ways that we can build one another up, right? Allison did a great job leading worship today, so what am I going to do? I'm going to, just a fist bump word. We have, and you don't even have to say anything, right? We can build each other up in nonverbal uh, ways as well. However, most of our building up and edification comes through words. Can I talk to the guys here just for a moment? Guys, we are strictly informational when it comes to our communication. Give me the information that I need, and, and I'm good. Women, on the other hand, 
They want to tell you, uh, women, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Women, my wife, let me say this, my wife wants to tell me why and how and how she was feeling at the moment because she wants relationship in that. Exactly, everything, all the details, they want that. Guys, we could take a lesson from that. See, you thought I was going to go a totally different direction. No, we could take a lesson from that. And I'm working on that, right, honey? She just laughed. (laughs) I'm taking good notes. Yes, I am. Can I borrow a pen? What we say out of our mouths, expressing gratitude. So, guys, here's what I was going to say to you. We need to be better at telling our wives even how we feel about them. It starts in the home. It does. So that's just my little side note commercial there. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That's what our words should be. Here's a a quote from Tony Evans. I I thought this was good. Edification comes through communication. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Edification comes through communication. So when Stasha is telling me how her day went, or when Stasha is telling me what a wonderful job I have done with something around the house, I don't need to, okay, honey, just get to the point. No, absolutely not. I need to listen. Guys, we need to do better. And with one another, uh, listening on those things, because it does. It, it pleases the Lord. Words matter. Some of you may have heard things like this, okay? And if this you know, kind of gets to a part of your heart here, I understand we're going to bring this around. But maybe you heard things like this growing up. You'll never amount to anything. You can't do anything right. You know, we've heard those things, and it can do one of two things. One, it can prove to be true because you go down that path, or it can also give you a resolve to where you're like, you know what, I'll show you. But those words do something, don't they? Other words, you only have two months to live. Those are painful words. And we've walked with a couple people through that. Miss B, we walked with her, Danny's sister, you know, hearing things like that. And, man, those words can just go... Take all the life out of you, can't they? So Christians, we need to be in the business of building one another up. We lift one another up, which is why I said a couple weeks ago, and, and <coughs> excuse me, I, had, and I was guilty of thinking some of the things, that same thing, but with Dean and Rachel going to Niger, oh, but you heard about the people who have been assaulted. You've heard about the people who have died. Well, of course they have. But you go forth in the power of God. His protection is around you. See, he's thinking, great, now i got to get my house, which you already have your house in order, but I might not make it. No, we want to encourage as the body of Christ, we lift and build up uh, the body of Christ that's around us. No matter what um, we do for the Lord, we, we want to build one another up. Con, um, let me read this one to you. This is another quote. Oh, this one's good, too. What you say, how you say it, and when you say it decides if you're building up or tearing down. Isn't it? Because you can be, we're going to get to this in just a moment, but you can tell the truth and say it in the wrong way or at the wrong time, and it damages more than it hurts. Right? You've been there. You've, You've been on the receiving side, and you may have been on the giving side of that as well. 
Constant gossip, slander, and profanity all point to something amiss on the inside. It affects the vertical relationship between us and God, just because of our words and how we address one another. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Let me ask you to evaluate your life for a moment. What are the consequences that you are reaping in your life? Is it life or is it death? We all know people who love to talk. Most of us do. Now, some of us don't want to talk in front of people. I used to be one of those guys. I was not, don't get me in front of crowds. Man, what an amazing work God did. You know, he, he'll do that for you. Um, but any of you, you could get up here and you could talk, okay? I encourage you in that. But even if it's not in front of a large group of people, see, I get to edify a bunch of people on Sunday morning. But it's even more important when it's across the table talking to someone, building them up. You know their struggles. I love the men's group that meets at Panera Bread on Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Yes, that is an advertisement for guys if you want to come out Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. I know it's early. But we get to build one another up in the Word of God. See, we can lie to each other and say, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, David, that shirt you're wearing looks great today. When in reality, it doesn't. That's not building someone up, but we build each other up in God's word. And that does so much more for us. So, again, the goal of edification through communication is to build up. What are your words doing to those who are around you? What are your words doing in your home? Is your home being built up? Is your neighborhood being built up? And is your workplace being built up? The places that you go, are they being built up? Number three, speech is a spiritual issue. We just read the scripture that says life and death or death and life are in the power of the tongue. So speech is uh, a spiritual issue. I want us to, we'll just go back to Ephesians 4.29 that we just read under point number two. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Grace and encouragement is offered through our speech. So let everything that you say be good and helpful so that those who hear are encouraged. Is this speaking to anybody today? It is to me. It's putting something in the back of my head. Remember, next time that you're around so-and-so, you really need to encourage them. And let me tell you this too. The Holy Spirit will even drop things in your heart when you need to speak a word of encouragement. Let me push you in this area. If you sense the Lord is wanting you to encourage someone, don't back off of that because you think, well, maybe it's not the right thing. You know what? We all love to be encouraged. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. Blocking, in one sense, blocking or intercepting a blessing. I was watching, uh, I don't watch a ton of football, but last night I was watching the Ohio State and uh, Iowa game. Did anybody see that? I know we have some uh, Ohio people in here, and I'm so sorry that you got pummeled last night by an unranked team. Um, anyway, <laughs> my wife's from Ohio. So anyway, I just I love you, honey. See, there I go. Excuse me so for a moment. All right, does that edify? But here's what happened. There were three interceptions that one guy made. I want you to picture this for a moment. The word of encouragement is the quarterback going, going back. The football is the word of encouragement. And it's going to Miss Kathleen. But the enemy will say, you know what? You don't need to bring that up. That's just yourself. That's Dean, the enemy, intercepting that word that should have been given. Don't let the enemy intercept a word that you are to give to someone. Amen? 
So I want to encourage you in that today. See, I'm having to deal with all this. Peppermint-flavored shoe. Thank you. I'm going to rub this on my shoe. Miss Dora just gave me a peppermint for those of you who... That was funny, Miss Dora. I love it. Your words should be a ministry of grace. Truth and love depend on the moment. See, I want to talk about truth and love here in just a moment because we, we, we know that there's the scripture that, um, or, or the thought that says, speak the truth in love. I'm not sure where that one is. But anyway, speak the truth in love. Now, I grew up and in the neighborhood and, and actually in the church that I was at, there was someone who, all, well, I just got to speak the truth. Absolutely, you don't want to lie. But there's a caveat to that scripture that says, in love. Because as we said back here just a moment ago, you can speak something at the wrong time with the wrong heart and it does more harm. But you were speaking the truth, right? But in love. At the same time, we can speak in love and not speak the truth, and it does just as much harm. So those two things go together. Speak the truth and love. Truth and love depends upon the moment. Are the things that I am saying appropriate for this, more, this, this moment? So you don't tell the truth just because that's what you do. Will it minister grace for the situation at hand? That's what we're talking about. Um, turn with me to uh, James chapter 3 you have your Bibles. I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles with you, um, but we're going to be in James chapter 3 in just a moment. Let me read Colossians 4, 6 to you while you're turning there. It says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the response, the right response for everyone. Here's what this is saying. Do you find yourself dealing with constant drama? Or maybe you know people who do, because I don't think anybody in here deals with drama, right? I never deal with drama. <laughs> Do you find yourself dealing with constant drama? Let me ask you this question, question that I've learned to ask myself. How do I talk to people? Well, all I said was the truth. Well, you brought drama on because it wasn't said in grace and love, Giles. Next time, maybe try saying it at the right time with grace and love, and you won't invite all this drama into your life. That's all this is talking about. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. I had you turn to James chapter 3. James is a great book. We're going to look at verse, um, we're going to start in verse 5, okay? James chapter 3, verse 5. It says, In the same way, uh, let me find myself again. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Here's another quote from Tony Evans that hit me between the eyes, okay? Does hell influence the mouths of the body of Christ? Let me read that last part again. It, it, it can't, your tongue can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. The words that we speak at the wrong time 
in the wrong situation with the wrong tone. That's all he's talking about here. How do we deal with one another? Are we edifying the body of Christ? Let's go down to verse 8. It says this, For no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. See how far I'm going here. Let's think about that for a moment. Now, verse 10 says, And so blessing and cursing come, from, come pouring out from the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this ought not be right. James, what are you saying here? He's asking, does the language you use in church match the language that you use Monday through Saturday? Yeah, that's another... Man, this message is supposed to be edifying, isn't it? Yes, I'm edifying you today in this, that we watch our words, that we guard our tongue as the Word of God says, that we use it only to build up. Miss Gail, you did a wonderful job leading us in announcements and offering and communion today. I just felt close to the Lord. Thank you for what you did. To the cleaning team who came out yesterday, I know I saw you on your hands and knees. You were scrubbing baseboards. Thank you so much because of the investment that you made. You're taking care of what God has blessed us with. You know, just those words of encouragement. Thank you so much to those. Lisa was there at the funeral yesterday for a former pastor's wife of this church. You know, it was such strength for the family that was there. Thank you. So we build one another up. We're edifying one another. And this is how we, we do this. Um, Ephesians 4, 30. So let's keep going. And do not bring... No, we're going back to Ephesians 4. I'm sorry. Ephesians 4, 30 says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as, as, well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Now, what does that have to do with language? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when these things are filling our hearts here, bitterness, rage, anger, those come out in words, don't they? Harsh words, slander, evil behavior. When those things come out, it brings sorrow to God, the Word says. Lord, don't let me, oh, don't let me break your heart, God, by my words. Don't let the, my words break your heart. I'm encouraging you today edify one another. Now we just read, um, I'm going to take a little side street here just for a moment. We were reading in Job this past week. Now his friends, you remember Job went through all this suffering. If you read through the Bible, Job is a guy who uh, he lost his, his house, he lost his wife, he lost his children, he, lost, he was a very wealthy man, lost every bit of it. His health, he had boils all over his skin. Uh, I just can't imagine what all he went through. Well his friends came and tried to encourage him. They said things like, like this out of Job 22. For example, Job, you must have lent money to your friend and demanded clothing as security. Yeah, you stripped him to the bone. You must have refused water for the thirsty and food for the hungry. You probably think the land belongs to the powerful and only the privileged, uh, and only the privileged have a right to it. You must have sent widows away empty-handed and crushed the hopes of orphans, of orphans. See, here's the thing. Our assumptions can cause us to wrongfully accuse our Christian brothers and sisters. They were assuming the whole time. Job, you must have. You must have made your fortune through treating other people bad. No, actually, uh, 
didn't, Job was saying. You must have. Uh, it's possible that you probably think this. You, don't you hate it when people do that to you? You must have. You thought. It's what the Word of God is, is wanting us to be warned against. Our assumptions can cause us to wrongfully accuse our Christian brothers and sisters. Instead, let's edify. James 5.9. So if you're still in the book of James, you can flip over just a couple of uh, pages there. James 5.9 says this. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. Okay? Now we're going to break this scripture down because we're going to follow it up with a couple scriptures that are around it here in just a moment. So don't grumble against uh, each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. Now here's, let's, can we talk about gossip for a moment? Let's just talk about gossip because that's part of the anti-edification type of thing. This is another great, great quote. Gossip says... I've already told you more than I've heard. Did you catch that? Gossip says, I've already told you more than I've heard. In other words, we're making stuff up on the fly. That's gossip right there, right? Gossip will happen easier when you're frustrated with your own situation. We're going to back this up with Scripture here in just a moment, okay? Let me say that again. Gossip will happen easier when you are frustrated with your own situation Back up to verse 8 there in James chapter 5. Uh, it says, You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Now this verse here, just before the one we just read, this verse here talks about being patient. Okay, In the midst of trials, in the midst of everything that's going on, you must be patient. In context, these verses are talking about patience and waiting for a breakthrough. Waiting for a breakthrough. We need to be patient, right, Lisa? We need to be patient in those moments. So, when you are frustrated, however, you tend to talk bad about other people or your situation or their situation. It can happen. Just think back to some conversations that I've had anyway. Well, I can't believe they have all these blessings and I don't and I've done this and I've done that and da-da-da-da-da, right? Let's turn this around for a moment. We're looking at verse 8 and 9 together. The difference in verse 8 that says your breakthrough is coming, be patient, and verse 9 where it says the judge is standing at the door to judge your words, the difference between those two verses, total opposites, is your mouth and the things that you say. Are your words going to prevent your breakthrough or are your words going to cause the judge to be standing at the door? <sighs> That's heavy, isn't it? But I'm here to encourage you today and to edify you today. When we choose our words properly, God is there. And he's saying, be patient. You know what? I know that this is tough. And I know you see all of your friends getting blessed and you're not. Isn't that tough when you see all your friends getting blessed with this, that, and the other and material things, right? Or, you know, relational type things. God is saying, oh, be patient. Be patient because your breakthrough is coming. Miss Cheryl, your healing is coming. I know you're struggling in your back right now, and it hurts, you know, and it's everything you can do just to sit there. You're expecting a healing in Jesus' name. Amen? Endure. Endure. We encourage people who are not feeling well. Just, just hang on, Miss Cheryl. Just, just hang on. Whatever your situation is, just hang on. As we close out, Miss Vicki, you can come on up if you don't mind. 
What is the nature of your conversations? I'm asking you that because I'm, I'm going to be asking myself this throughout this coming week. And actually, as I was leading up to preparing for this Sunday, what is the nature of my conversation? Is it to tear up or is it to build, uh, to tear down or to build up? I said that backwards. Is the nature of my conversation to tear down or to build up? Because when I ask that question and I correctly evaluate my response, I'm building my relationship with the Lord. Because again, when this form of relationship is right, me with other people, my relationship with God is not hindered. Brothers, sisters, how can you say that you love God and you hate your brother? You have all in your heart against your brother. We want this to be right, so we edify one another. We encourage one another. We don't gossip against one another, but instead, we build each other up. Here's a few promises. Your relationships will change when you bless one another. Not when you bless out one another. <laughs> when you bless one another, your relationships will change. Your relationships will change when you speak the truth in love at the right time and with the right tone. Your relationships in your home will change. Your relationships at work will change. Your relationships even with the nosy neighbor could change, right? Here's the most important thing. Among the body of Christ, when you begin to speak and edify one another, those relationships will change. Let that be so, especially at Abundant Life. You know, we, we can't do anything about the rest of the body of Christ except, you know, and I'm talking about other churches that meet um, on a Sunday morning anyway. But we can control what goes on in here by how we speak to one another. Now, let me, let me go back because I didn't like what I just said. We can't do anything about... Absolutely we can. You know, I meet with pastors uh, once a month. The, the, the Mooresville pastors, we get together. We encourage one another. So who knows? A word of encouragement that a pastor gave me this past Thursday could have propelled me today to deliver the Word of God with confidence. Right? The words that I spoke could have propelled him to speak the Word of God with confidence, and it went into the heart of the hearers of God's Word. So yeah, I guess we can, can't we? Edify one another. As I close this too, just real quick. Edification is not just reserved Christian to Christian. Christians are to encourage and edify everyone. You don't know the Lord yet? Man, God's been so good to me, and I want the best for you as well. God's there for you. I promise he is. You know, we can, we can even encourage those who don't know Jesus yet. Give God access to your mouth Monday through Saturday. And yes, especially on Sunday as well. Can we all stand today? And I want to close out with this uh, scripture from Psalm 1914. I'm just going to read it to you. It's not on the screen. And this is a prayer that David was making, King David was making. He said, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I want to read that over you again. Psalm 1914. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God can help you 
God can help those who annoy you. <laughs> God can be with those who are constantly talking down to you. We just watched a video at the beginning of the service, and this was for the persecuted church, right? But what did they do? They prayed for the people who were beating the Christians. We can pray for our enemies. Absolutely we can. Yes, we can. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be pleasing to you, O oh God. Can we close our eyes? And um, I just want you to, I want you to pray for yourself for a moment. And it may sound something like, God, can you help me this week with my words? God, can you help me edify someone this week? Lord, will you help me not be timid when it comes to edifying someone when you've told me to go do it? I won't allow the enemy to intercept a word of encouragement and edification this week. However, I will intercept those words that come out of my mouth that are for the express purpose of tearing someone else down. Even if it's the truth spoken with the wrong term, uh, tone at the wrong time. Lord, will you help my words this week be pleasing to you, our God and our Savior. And I want to ask you this too. Um, we do this every Sunday, by the way. Um, I want to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's what the Word of God says. Um, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And you have to begin your journey. And, and maybe you've heard this before, that that's getting saved or coming to know Jesus, receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And that's where you confess the sin that you have in your life before God. And you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is God's Son. He is God. And that he died on the cross for your sins. I know it's, maybe if this is the first time you're hearing this, it's just like, wow, this is blowing my mind. What in the world are you talking about? The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of God's glory. And the only way to overcome that is through Jesus Christ. He was God's sacrifice that took our place. You know, sin demands penalty. Sin demands a payment. Just like when you get a traffic ticket, what do you have to do? You have to go pay it, don't you? And you have a lawyer who's there who will hopefully argue your case for you. Well, that's what Jesus did. He argues our case before the Father and says, here's Dwayne. He's confessing his sin and he believes that I'm the Son of God. This is Jesus talking. And um, he wants eternal life. He's placed his faith in me. So I want to give you that opportunity today. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you know, to be that advocate for you, I want to give you an opportunity. To, how, how I do that, I just ask you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Is anybody here you want to receive Jesus as your Savior? You've never done that before and you think, you know what, I need to do that because I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven or to hell if I were to die today. I hope you don't die today, right? Anybody at all? Amen. That means we are believers in this house and what I say every week we have an opportunity to go share Jesus with people who don't know Jesus today because we all know people who don't know Jesus, right? So let's go uh, encourage people in God's Word uh, this week. Miss Gail is going to come up here and she's going to pray us out of here. Stasha and I will be at the back and uh, we just I, just, I just can't tell you how much we love you. I, you know, it, day by day as... Um, 
as the weeks go by and the months and the years that we've been here with most of you, not everyone has been here that long, but man, just God is just growing our heart for his church and uh, specifically for Abundant Life. We, we, I know this is all the feels, right? It's like a Lifetime movie or something, <laughs> Lifetime Channel movie, but we do. We love you guys, so we'll see you at the back. Ms. Gail, will you pray us out of here today?